What's up, everybody, and welcome back. Uh, uh, welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope you're all well. I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking. Let's start off as we mean to go on. And yeah, I'm by that fucking point in prep already, all right? Leave me alone. That is a white monster. It is 10.35 a.m. I've been up for about five hours. I'm absolutely shattered. I've had one meal and I'm starving hungry. So I thought I would start today's podcast off with a, a prep update. I'd love to just give you guys who listen to the podcast a little bit more detail, a little bit deeper insight into the the depth of prep and what goes on and also can't get demonetized because I don't make any money off a podcast and I kind of do it for myself. So it's all good. And you guys, obviously. <laughs> so I can kind of say what I want. On YouTube, you get banned. On Instagram, you get banned. We talk about these things too openly. So prep is go. I started prep. Fucking okay, when did I start now? Uh, 18, no. 17 days ago, I started prep. In 17 days, well, in 14 days, I lost seven kilos. So basically half a kilo a day, which is absolutely insane. Uh, I'm significantly leaner for it. Like I'm on, you know, like there was no transition time of getting on anabolics and building muscle. No, I'm fucking peak blast, peak anabolics, taking straight body fat off, which has been pretty good um, to say the least. It's pretty good to watch like in front of me. I never knew that all I needed to do from where I was was just two weeks of dieting. Obviously doing 30 minutes of cardio every day and I'm using Calendium Bind move my growth hormone to the morning and uh i'd be peeled like shreds you know i'm not peeled obviously i'm nowhere near peeled but i'm fucking lean i got veins from my abs my legs are striated it was pretty insane and 114 15 kilos which is just insane because when i was coming up i was nowhere near that i was kind of this lean amount 111 112 so i'm really excited to see how that kind of translates um i think for me in terms of, what was I going to say? Uh, I'll just do my drugs first, actually. I'll do my drugs, and then we'll do training, and then uh, everything else is going on. So drugs. Uh, I'm still on 500 tests. I think you guys probably heard me, the, mm, I don't know. Maybe you guys have to, might have heard it on Instagram. 500 milligrams of testosterone. That's the highest my testosterone has ever been in my life. Uh, last prep was 450. Last off-season was 400. Uh, I'm on 1,000 milligrams of Prima Bolin, I just took that up from 800 literally this week, so technically still on 800 as of Friday when I do my next injection. That'll be 1,000 milligrams for this week. And I'm still on 100 milligrams of Tremolone. Um, Primo probably won't move. Test might get another 50 meg in, maybe 100 meg in if I feel good um, aromatize-wise, estrogen-wise. Trend will probably be the next push up, uh, which will probably be like 25 to 50 milligrams. But really, guys, like I'm under eight weeks out now, so I'll probably just keep it as it is and maybe just add in potentially uh, like some Anavar at the end in terms of actual anabolics. Um, and if the look is achieved, I'll stay away from Winstrol. If I need Winstrol, I say need. If I want to add Winstrol into the mix, then I probably will because Winstrol for me just reacts super, super well. And it's something that uh, I noticeably get like fucking grainy on it. So I. <laughs> Never take orders if you can avoid if you don't need to, but when you're prepping for an IFBB pro trying to be Olympia, maybe you could use it. I'm not even gonna pause it between those sips. I've still got like a big five hundred mil here. So I will be getting through this throughout the whole podcast. So be prepared for long silences and glugging. 
What's next? Training, push, pull, rest, push, legs, pull, rest. Pretty hard. Starting to feel that, that weight loss. Just starting to feel like weight throwing me around a little bit. Finding it a little bit harder to lock into movements. Finding it a little bit harder on those top sets to maintain. Almost feel like the strength is there, but just the body weight isn't. So I've got to have to take a few regressions here and there. More uh, energy efficient exercises. Biceps, triceps. Let's just say like a single arm pull down versus like a deadlift, right? Deadlift's obviously going to kill you. Those I'm still like progressing a little bit, if not maintaining. Because they're just less energy demanding. They require less body weight and stability and all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of, when you're using anabolics, like you can, you should be able to progress those. But when it comes to like heavy loads on the hack squat, heavy loads on the leg press, like you just have less body weight there, you know? So it's going to happen. Like when you're carrying load through the spine, being heavier, you're going to like feel that load less. So naturally, being lighter, you're going to feel that load more, which is why sometimes when you're dieting and you get under a hack squat, you've got five plates and you think, how the fuck am I going to do this? And my spine is crumbling. And then you just fucking do it somehow. That's the beauty of prep sometimes. Um, but training is okay. I'm not so worried about how I'm going to manage it. I'm training with Lou every day. So, you know, we're focused, we're ready. We come at this with, with 100% every day. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, very confident in him taking me further. Than, than anyone else has before physically, so I know that I know it's there. Uh, a little bit apprehensive about like it being seven weeks or seven and a half weeks, some pretty short time, but a lot has happened in like two weeks. So I can imagine in another two weeks I should be pretty darn peeled, and then two, three, four weeks later I'll be competing. We'll be competing in Maidenhead first. I think I said this maybe in the last podcast. Maidenhead first at the One Bro Pro Show, which is where I came fifth last year. So obviously hoping to come back for the win. And then uh, we're going to California to the LA Pro. Then we've got the Pittsburgh Pro and then the Toronto Pro. But what I'm going to do is, I haven't told like YouTube or anything like this. What I'm going to do is, is I'm going to book those main flights. So London to LA and then LA to Pittsburgh. And then Pittsburgh to Toronto and then Toronto home. I'm going to book them with somewhere where I can get my money back. Because I'm aiming to qualify in between those. But I'm also very aware that the LA Pro, the Pittsburgh Pro, the Toronto Pro, they're very, very good shows, right? I could turn up to all of those. Someone in the top 10 at the Olympia Men's Physique could just turn up to those, right? And let's say I'm, I'm as good as them, we're as good at each other. Well, the judges look at top five Men's Physique guy and this guy who's never placed anywhere, who are they going to put forward? Like they might well go with the favored guy, you know, maybe logically. Maybe I'll just get beat by those guys because they're better than me. That's also very, very plausible. But let's just say, like, but they're likely to turn up to those big shows. You know, so the, those shows become increasingly more difficult to win because I have to win now. They, they they changed the rules this year that you have to win a pro show, not accumulate points over the season to then qualify. I agree. I agree. Why would you do that? You know, so competing in pro shows is uh, now just to win, not to accumulate points, which I, I kind of agree with. There were so many people on stage this year, like, because like three, four people extra. Um, would qualify. I mean, three or four people doesn't make a big difference, but either way, um, you got to win. So I'm of the opinion that if I'm like in that first to fifth range or second to fifth range, consistently above like Olympians in those bigger shows, I'm probably going to go to the smaller shows in between them. So the LA Pro is like the 22nd of April, Pittsburgh Pro is like the 13th of May, uh, Toronto Pro is like the 6th of June. Right, but there's like three, four weekends in between those that have other shows 
logistically they're not that nice right like so i'm gonna have to spend more money to go to these places what a fucking crazy job this is i'm gonna have to spend more money to go to these places which is why i didn't want to deviate from that plan because flying to la back to pittsburgh up to toronto and back home it works on a map if you can picture it but when you got to go to south carolina maybe you got to go to washington there's north carolina um there's one in Texas, there's Tampa, like there's so many different shows that you could potentially go to and you just gotta fucking fly around the US, like that's stressful. Not only for taking steroids around, fucking paying that money, getting a car everywhere, getting an Airbnb everywhere, trying to be close to the venue, having to pay for tanning, all that stuff that comes along with it. Like, but if I'm really, really close and like it's just it's just a case of these shows are really big and I'm not quite getting there, like I might I might just go weekend to weekend to weekend. Whereas just on paper, from last year, where I went Wombro, Tampa, Texas, one weekend, one weekend, one weekend, like the look just got worse week on week. So I needed an extra week to be able to bring it back in to be able to look the part, you know? I needed another week to be able to get better and make improvements. But where I was like competing Saturday, I'd have a big off-plan beard on on, on Saturday after carb-loading Saturday, Friday, and Thursday, fucking 1,000 grams of carbs. I only had Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday until I'm carb loading again. It's not enough to get flat. And whether that my fault or cows, we should have seen that. We should have been pulling way back between between those shows. Um, there were a few days where I went down to like zero carbs, but like really, like it wasn't getting me flat. I was so full when I was loading, like the first day. But when you're starving, hungry, like you don't question it. Like you just think, I'll eat a thousand grams of carbs. No worries. No worries. I'll fucking do that. Like if you tell me to, I'll do it. Like, I'm not going to challenge that. When you're in the depth of of the underbelly of prep, so I didn't, but potentially I should have. Because um, Kyle's like, "How's your stomach?" I'm like, "I'm fucking full and I'm bloated and I've been shitting my ass out. I'm fine. You know, I'm gonna say I'm fine because I know he's gonna say keep eating." It's one of those weird ones, but both of us um happily like we've got such a mature relationship. Both of us happily take account for that and know what to improve for this year. So that is the focus. It's bringing the best version yet this year and I think we're on for it honestly I don't know if you guys have been following along but I do feel really good I feel my waist is like smaller than ever I feel my abs are better than ever my only issue my only issue is probably going to be is my hernia and appendix scar which both went through my belly button going to affect that final look and um, that's my only issue right now if it does, and I get told it does, then maybe I'll get. I'll probably get plastic surgery. I'll probably get plastic surgery anyway, just a nip, like a little bit of a flap of skin that comes over my belly button. Just ruins the aesthetic a little bit. Which, for me, it drives me insane because it's it's all about symmetry and perfect abs and this and that. It really throws my abs off because I used to have really, really good abs. It's obviously still there, but there's just a flap of skin that I know that wasn't there before that drives me insane, if that makes sense. So it's one of those ones, really. But... Genuinely feeling pretty positive, um, along with feeling the pressure. Um, I know this year I'll be the best I've ever been. Is it going to be enough to win the Olympia or get to the Olympia? I don't know. A lot of expectation, a lot of eyes on, on it as well. And, um, uh, you know, pressure is a privilege is what they say. I hope you guys have seen the first episode of The Time Is Now. Um, we're releasing those every Sunday. Not really sure what time. Maybe we'll do a different day. We're going to see how it goes. But we're going to do one episode a week in a Netflix-style documentary. So, you know, a really 20 to 35-minute, you know, epic, cinematic um, journey through a bodybuilder's life. You're going to feel the pain. You're going to see the pain. You're going to see the sweat. 
you're going to see the food, you're going to see the repetition, you're going to see me just live, breathe, and um, chase after this bodybuilding goal, obviously, alongside while maintaining businesses, improving my own life, relationships in my own life, personal life, my, you know, build my forever dream life, <laughs> if that makes sense, and there's um there's a lot that comes with it, so some big, big things um, to consider there. That's where I'm at, though. Hope you guys are well. And um, we'll break into a little bit of a QA. and a I put some questions up on me uh, on Miss Story. Um, so, was last year's higher body weight in off-season needed versus this season to refine? So, I'm going to say yes. I put on more muscle that year than ever. I'd been like 116 kilos before that. Bulked. Literally bulked to the brim. And I took that to 126. I took that 10 kilos heavier. Um, but I built more muscle than than ever needed. I think what would have been a really good idea is if I went up to that 126, built that fucking insane amount of muscle, maintained there for a little bit, then gone under like a, 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 a probably like based off this, like eight to 10 weeks of pretty harsh deficit, and then rebounded and put my food up as high as possible and then prepped, that would have been that's pretty much what's happened now if that makes sense, because I didn't get like, I was peeled but I could have been a little bit leaner um, I could have got a bit more off, but I couldn't get any more off because I was maxed out on everything, I was taking enough clean, enough T3, I was doing enough cardio to the point where I just couldn't get my heart rate high enough for long enough, I could have obviously done it and but at that point, was it a risk to the look? Yeah, it was, because I would just get flatter. The muscle gets kind of wasted away. It doesn't pop as nice, you know, and it's harder to get full. You're full of fatigue and digging any more based off being in, just in men's physique. Like, it didn't make sense. But that's because I had to take off 25 kilos before that, you know, and obviously that mistake is not going to be made this year. Um, so what basically what happened is we pulled all the way off from 127 to 98 kilos, 29 kilos, 65 pounds. I then came up to 120, you know, but I did that really, really slowly. I was like 102 in Texas, which is where I last competed. I was I was about 107 for the, for the month I was in America still, so three kilos up, most of that just water. Then I went to 110 for probably the next two months, and then I went from 110 to 120 when I started my blast when I went to Tampa in September. So then I put like 10 kilos on in about 12 weeks and it was just really clean tissue. It wasn't chasing 20 kilos in 16 weeks. It was 10 kilos in 12. But starting in a really, really lean position. And that's something I just didn't do the previous year. That was also what fucked up the previous year was like when Cal told me to check in, how's appetite? I'm like, yeah, I'm starving. But I was also eating to hunger. I was eating everything and anything I wanted until I was full. All day, every day for about three weeks. And then... I got my appendix removed. No, sorry, then I got my hernia removed. So I won my pro card. I ate anything and everything I wanted for three weeks. Put on 15 kilos because I was like, I won my pro card, I'm gonna let go. Then I had to have my surgery. So I had my surgery and then I had two weeks off and I was starving hungry still, but just doing nothing. Then put on even more. So I was 116 kilos before I'd even started my off season. And I was already just not hungry, so I was just, this is something like when you're when you're not hungry and you're forcing food in it, it makes me just feel like you're forcing body fat on, you know? Which you need to sometimes because like we said earlier on, like body weight moves weight. Like when you've got more weight, you can move more weight and it builds more muscle. So there is a need for more body fat at times. For me now, 
when I'm 120 kilos with abs and 115 kilos, I've got fucking veins running from my toes to my eyeballs. I'm heavy enough now to not need to push that so crazy. I'm close enough to my potential classic weight clap to, to not go crazy, right? My classic weight cap is 109. I've got a feeling that when I'm 109 this time, I'm going to be pretty peeled. Definitely, definitely still going to need like another five kilos off, but you know, like that's good, man. Like, I've only got to get two or three kilos a year for a couple of years and I'm going to be at my max. So I'm, I'm, I'm very happy about the decade of work I've put into this moment because I'm finally creeping towards fruition. Finally creeping towards about you know, chasing, chasing that, chasing that goal, and I'm, I can see it. I can, I can almost touch it, which is unbelievable to say. Um, favorite all-time exercise. I just love exercise, bruh. Sorry about that. Um, I'm gonna say probably a bench, probably a Smith Cybex bench, incline. Uh, or a Cybex but hack squat, like just those two movements, a big press. I'm not a huge fan of pulling, if I'm honest. So I'd say, yeah, that hack squat and um, the Cybex incline press, I think are my two favorites. What types of clothing are coming to Monoma? Perfect timing, because I just got off the call with uh, my team, so for those of you guys who don't know, um, I run a company called One MR. It stands for One More Rep. It's about a lifestyle. It's a mindset about adopting just the passion and the drive to always stand up for another one. When you get knocked down, there is always one more to take, and that is ultimately the the, the brand of the business. We have, and we started off at non-accessories, very, very specific accessories for bodybuilding, about reverse banding, cuffs, lifting straps, weight lifting belts, knee sleeves, very, very unique items. Uh, we then start to expand it into clothing a little bit. So we've done a few clothing drops, definitely uh, fucked up the last one by ordering way too many stuff and doing way too many variations. What does that do? Way too many var variations just saturates the company. It reduces the exclusivity. Having a high, high inventory massively reduces your um, your revenue and money in the bank. And also, if you can't sell through it, it leaves you with dead stock. And that's what we've got. And I didn't realize or understand the process of tracking inventory sales in the past, tracking revenue in the past, understanding how what your sell-through rate is, understanding what your restock rate should be, understanding the logistic chain and how long leeway is between order to manufacture to postage. And I've had to go on a bit of a journey the last three to four months of just absolutely restructuring the whole business. Now, you guys probably wouldn't notice so much until now, but we've had to do so much. We've had to completely overhaul the returns process, completely overhaul the customer service process. We've had to massively improve our customer journey from start to finish so we've been developing things that we can put in our bags we've also been just um we've also been um designing our own mail bags as long as along with our bags that hold our items in we've also been looking at the ways that we can present our marketing and the way that we can be on our social media so there's a lot of things that had to be in place first in terms of tracking stock buying stock moving stock, paying for stock, and then also all the bills on top of that, which I wasn't really paying attention to. I am the guy who sees money in bank and spends it and forgets about the tax VAT 
and all that stuff, you know? So I had to learn a hard lesson when I got that tax bill um, in November, VAT bill, and then been just hit with bill, 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 because I did the same mistake across all two of my companies and my personal tax. So I've been absolutely written off to the ground, which has been fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> um, so we just couldn't buy anything. I, our goal for November, December, January, and February was just to sell stock. We had, I don't know if I can say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, should I say this? I'm going to say it anyway. Oh, should I say this? <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to say it anyway. Don't judge me. This is just how we work, right? In November, we had £300,000 worth of stock. Now, that is just fucking crazy for the size of business that we are being small. Uh, the revenue that we turn over not being millions and millions and millions. There is no need for anyone or any company who earns or turns the revenue over to have that much stock. And because I overbought um, and because I overprojected what people would buy, I, um, uh, you know, was just fucked. Like, we had way too much stuff. We had to push through it. Um, and just get the revenue back, and we had to take loss on some things, and that's going to be a hard, hard lesson, but it's like a lesson that I had to learn to make a real fucking business, you know? So now we have a team that runs our social media, a team that runs our customer service, a team that runs our returns and postage, and I've had to employ all these people to help us run this thing to make it not happen again. Um, so we had to sell, 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 sell to get into a range, which for us, I guess I can, now I've said it, I can say it, for us, a, a healthy range of stock is about 100 to 120,000 pounds. We got there in three months, which was incredible. So now we can finally spend some money to get some stuff in. So I knew and the team knew and our whole goal here in the last three months, Q1 is what we'd call it. You break up the year into Qs, quarters. Q1, our goal was to sell through stock and push stock. Um, consolidate, you know, and in that consolidation period, build systems, build the system for restock, build the system for inventory check, build the system for um, letting people know when something's back in stock, letting people know when something's out of stock, um, building our email marketing, all these different things we've just been spending that time because we have had no time, we've had no stock to market, to take photos of, to do anything because we just haven't been able to. That stuff's nearly done. By the end of February, all that stuff, those systems are all in place. I understand it all. <laughs> I've learned how to fucking count my money and budget right. We've got some money in the bank. I've paid bills off. I'm nearly done with the number one on our side in terms of paying bills. So now we can start investing. So Q2, which is March, we'll be having one drop, uh, which will be March until, March, April, May, until May. One drop, it'll be one oversized graphic tee. It's going to be one... Um, hoodie and it's going to be one plain tee and that's going to be it we're going to do limited stock limited range and then the back end so q2 q3 and q4 the back end of the year we're going to be really going much more on the on the um the clothing side of things we're going to keep pushing that towards it so that's what we've got coming um at the moment we've definitely got some other products coming in terms of uh accessories but for now um, i'm going to keep those Uh, is it normal to be under 80 kg, eat 80 kg, eating over 4,000 calories and not gaining weight? It just doesn't matter. It just does not matter. Like you, It doesn't matter if it's normal. It's normal for you, you know? So you want to be gaining weight, you've got to eat 4,500 calories. Like people are different. People's met metabolic turnover is different. And I think it's really important um, that you understand that. 
Different drugs do different things. Different amounts of food do different things. Different cardios do different things. Different body weights do different things. So you've got to understand all of those things. Um, before worrying about if it's bad or not, you know, just say, are you healthy? Does everything feel good? And this is what you got to deal with. Eat more food, boy. <laughs> are you bad at anything? Appreciate that. Do you have weaknesses for your chosen profession? Um, depending which profession you choose. Let's do the business because we've been talking about one more a bit. I am bad at hard conversations. I'm very, very bad at dealing with conversations that affect, that potentially affect how other people think of me uh, in the long term. Whether that be an employee that I don't want to work with anymore, whether that be someone's idea I don't agree with, whether that be even things like, you know, like the accounts I was talking about, like I just have anxiety about fucking opening a message from my accountant because it just means more money being spent. So I, sometimes I'll ignore it. Like I'm very bad at things that make me feel a type of way or, or, or give me anxiety about how they're going to feel or if is their opinion going to change with me or anything like that. So I've been very, very bad at that. I've been talking to my therapist about it. Shout out to Philip. And uh, actually... I've been exercising that muscle more. I've been putting myself in those situations. I've been delaying those conversations less and tackling them head on a little bit more versus um, just burying my head in the sand. I'm like the chief of burying my head in the sand and no more will I be the chief of burying my head in the sand. Instead, I'm going like, to look up, I'm going to peek, I'm going to see where the danger is. <laughs> Not the danger, but the, the hard conversation and I'd um, go seek it out a little bit more. And the more I can expose myself to those small little stresses, the, the better I'm going to get at them. And I think that's kind of where I stand with that. Um, if you could download a skill trait into your into yourself, like the Matrix, what would it be? Jeez, maybe like counting cards or something? <laughs> a professional gambler? I don't know. Like something that just like hacks the Matrix. I don't know, something like that. Um, I'm thinking you want something more thoughtful than just get more money, bruh. Let me think. I mean, I'd love to feel that skill of having those hard conversations and making harder decisions for myself. Um, I do find I get caught up on... This is just an example, but in, in, in my past, I've been caught up on not necessarily a, a sexual relationship, but just relationships, whether that be friends, um, you know, people I've been with. I've been caught up in those and sometimes they I've been with those people for much longer than I should have been out of fear of what me stopping that relationship would do to what other people would think what they would think you know I mean I used to have a business with some friends and this was just one of the like there was this guy who just you know we just clashed and I just had to say something we we're in business with him you know I had to say something and I just I just couldn't for so so long and I was so afraid of the 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 backlash of that and actually the backlash was fucking awful but I was so afraid of that backlash for so long that, um, you know, I lived I lived pretty rubbish for a while. I actually just didn't feel good for a while because of that. So, you know, I probably would download that trait or skill um, right after guessing the lottery numbers. <laughs> Thoughts on fake, fake natties. Fake, fake natties? What's a fake, fake natty? Oh, the obviously fake, fake natties. <laughs> like Mike O'Hearn. Uh, you know what? I don't really care. Like, as long if they like have if they want to like keep a clean slate for, um, if they want to keep keep a clean slate for their family, for what other people think, 
uh, or anything like that, I kind of get it. But if they start to s swindle it into like this product got me like this and not steroids, then I'm I've got a problem with it. I ain't got an issue with anyone who who like denies it even in the AR because like it's just something people aren't comfortable with like divulging. But as soon as they, people start to profit or swindle, just get fucked in it, man. Be honest, and you still make the same money, bruh. Come on, <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, anyway, guys, I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, if you guys have got any issues or anything, you let me know. Otherwise, guys, speak soon. Peace.